Welcome to Witch Yes, a podcast for casual conjurings, witches in training, and everyone waiting on the Bailey Boswell case. When will it happen? It will be the fall. I'm Alicia Herter. And I'm Tara Keck. And we're marching to victory. Ha! Or to justice, I guess. <laughs> on today's episode, the houses of astrology, witches in the news, and an aromatic glamour for a bitch on the go. Bye. I got places to be. Where's she going? Where does she go during the day? Where does she go? <laughs> She's not allowed to go. <laughs> Get back in here. Stay home. Hello, April. Hello. How are you? In April? In April. I'm probably <laughs> pissed that the wedding I've been working out for got pushed to January. <laughs> and the dress I Is was going to wear. Yeah, it officially oh, got pushed no. to January. It was going to be in June in San Diego. I had picked out this beautiful summery spring dress that I was going to wear that I hadn't ordered yet, but I was working out so that I got the bod that could wear that. It was backless. And now it is meaningless how great though because then you can truly enjoy the quarantine and just eat all the snacks <laughs> i think maybe i made this joke right i was telling my mom i was like man i've been working for this wedding bod it's not my wedding but i've been working <laughs> on this wedding bod and i could have just been working on my skeletal quarantine bod because i have no food <laughs> i'm sure she loved hearing that i'm sure that made her fucking day <laughs> she put 20 dollars in my account so i was like Ooh, okay. so who was, <laughs> who was that? that works <laughs> Well, we also had our Saturn return happen. Yes. It's here. It's happening. Like perfectly. It happened March 23rd, I believe. Mm -hmm. Is it here to fuck us up? What do you think? Well, take the mic. (laughs) This is going to sound awful. What the fuck? I'm kidding. Okay. Sorry. (laughs) Well, so this Saturn return is in Aquarius. So it's supposed to be about a struggle between isolation and humanity, right? And like (laughs) creating... interesting (laughs) and how it's like how we're all gonna be working together and if like you how it hits your chart is gonna really depend on whether when things get hard that you disassociate or that you look for the helpers or you become the helpers and so i'm disassociating (laughs) fight or flight just basic at its core just that wasn't even flying that was like diving out the window yeah it was well what do you think it just sounds like it's a period for you to either grow or become like super bitter Mm -hmm. and hold on to that so you can either embrace adapting or you can be like "Eh, i'm just gonna be a nasty ass shell of a person for my whole life so it marks your official entrance into full adulthood astrologically correct i think so yeah because you're still part of like your early adulthood up until this point so this is like who you are going to be yeah you making a a choice about who you're gonna be yeah that's hefty (laughs) (laughs) at least it's like a long one right like it's gonna be here for like a a year two 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 and a half i think you're right but still that's so long Well, it's not on the first page of Google, so it doesn't exist. It's in the dark web. (laughs) Someone was telling me that the most recent one, because we're going briefly into Aquarius and then back into Capricorn, and then the really big part of our Saturn return doesn't start until December of this year, I think. So this is just like a taste. Yeah. Oh, great. It's like just a little toe tester in the pool. So what's happened since that? Oh, I guess we were in quarantine. Hmm. (laughs) Oh, yikes. Yikes. Well, New York went on full lockdown at that point. Yeah. So we weren't allowed to go to work at all. And they were going to have police cars patrolling and making sure businesses weren't opening and people weren't going to work. Good. And since then... Who knows where we're at? Oh, no, yeah. <laughs> so I'm just like being like filled with existential weeks, dread. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. We'll figure it out. We'll all get through... I mean, you all are going to get through Tara and Mai's Saturn return together. <laughs> Sorry, guys. We didn't mean to. We didn't mean to. But in the meantime, what are we talking about today? Today we are talking about the houses in astrology. And oh my God, so much information, but not so much information, but so much information. And then I got it wrong the first time. It's (sighs) so... 
It's been so hard learning about the houses in astrology. So I understand that they are there. Yes. I do not understand why they are there. Who put them there? (laughs) Who thought it was a good idea to put these houses there? And like, I think that at one point we were like texting back and forth trying to decipher like that big nasty circle. Yes. And we were just like, there's just no one online anywhere that really knows how to explain it to five-year-olds. Therefore, I cannot know. Therefore, baby witches, we don't know anything. (laughs) Of course, that's why we're babies. So we're like dipping our toes like a baby dip, you know, a baby Mm -hmm. dip. (sighs) So let's get into it, I guess. Here we go. What's the point? What's the point? What's the point of these houses? Okay, so houses are just another way to delve deeper into astrology to examine the inner workings of yourself or whoever's birth chart you have in front of you. Each planet, asteroid, or celestial phenomena, like a transit or something, exists within a house, and that placement offers insight into your personality and how you coexist with the world around you. Houses are to help you understand your past, present, and future. Wait, wait, wait. Let's go back. Okay. There's asteroids. There's we have asteroids. to think about. What else do we have to be thinking Probably about? Probably just Haley's Comet. What Fuck. it means. I don't know. I saw it on Hey Arnold and now I don't know. I don't even know when it happens. Is it going to happen? Did we miss it? Did we already see it? I think that maybe we already saw it and we were too little. We're fucking. Every 72 years, right? So we got to make it another 60. We can do it. We can do it. Let's hold on. Okay. As we all should know, the birth chart is just a snapshot of the sky at the moment of your birth, yet astrologists believe that by using this information about houses, you can gain greater insight on how to be your best self in this lifetime. It can also point out what triggers and emotions you are prone to and having your worst instincts as well. Great. I love learning about my worst instincts. Excellent. Yeah. Cool. It can tell you, focus on this to be your best self or... This might be like your downfall. Like maybe just be aware that like sometimes you're just a bit of a bitch. So are the houses like future telling? Like could they tell me how I'm going to die? Past, present, and future. So no, it's not supposed to actually tell you how to die. Although there's a lot of talk around like the eighth house being like the spooky death house. Yikes. But it's not supposed to literally be like she died of a heart attack at 92. I don't know. I don't know. But more of here are aspects of your personality. And especially with the eighth house, it's mentioned death as in this part of your personality may have to undergo a death or some kind of dramatic transformation for you to grow out of it. Like a metamorphosis. Exactly. Which is kind of like a death. Exactly. Cool. So some part of you will die and hopefully you will rise like a phoenix from the ashes better and prettier with more plumage and feathers than before. This is this is the butterfly house. This is the butterfly house. Out of the cocoon. No longer a caterpillar. So you may be wondering, what are houses? What neighborhood is this? <laughs> Can I build it on the Sims? Are there good schools nearby? All good schools. All great schools. <laughs> High class education. So your birth chart. And if you want, this might be the episode where you press pause for a second, pull up your birth chart, and then kind of like watch as we talk about it. But your birth chart is divided into 12 equal sections, which are called the houses. However, this is not the zodiac wheel. The zodiac is based on the sun's yearly rotational movement. Houses, on the other hand, are based on the earth's 24-hour rotation around its own axis. Uh, okay. Does it kind of make sense? Because they were like, you gotta look at the elliptic, and you have to be like, (laughs) looking how the sun moves through the sky, and... They were there were all these diagrams. There are all these diagrams. Cur- wave curl thingies. And I was like, I cheated through chemistry. I don't know how to do any of this. I cheated through astronomy and I don't know how to do any of this. Since the houses rotate every 24 hours, you need capital N need to have the correct time of birth when calculating the chart. The houses also shift every four minutes. So people born on the same day will have different charts depending on what time it is. Whoa, could twins, if they're... If it misses the four-minute increment. Oh my god, that's crazy. Yeah. Because it could even be like you're at the very end of one and your twin is born at the very beginning of the other. Yeah. That's bonkers. That is bonkers. I didn't even think about that. That's so fucking crazy. But this is why twins have differing personalities. Mm -hmm. This is why. This is why. This this is it. There is no (laughs) other reason. This is the science. Wait, what time were you born? Do you know? It was 1231 or 1232. So I'm just hoping it's in that same four minute grouping. (laughs) AM or PM? AM. 
Ooh, in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. Damn. What about you? 6.30 a.m. on Oof. the dot. God damn it. That makes so the much sense. The day I was supposed to be born, and my mom told me that our lab- my labor was really short. So uh, I had places to be. I had to be at work at 8 so o'clock. so nice. Yeah. No, I was like two weeks late. I'm just like chilling <laughs> in there. I probably should have been like a little Libra, and I was like, mm. I feel a darkness in my soul. Let me just <laughs> marinate in here. Just bake a oh, little no. longer. <laughs> Get a little crispy. <laughs> All right, so when you look at your birth chart, it also gives you, hopefully you look at it all written out very nicely because that's so easy to understand. Instead of the circle. I still can't read this. Yes. So there is the circle. Think of it like a pie. (laughs) Okay. What kind of flavor? What flavor is a pie? Apple. Nice. Perfect. Wholesome, American, patriotic apple pie. So you have 12 slices of a pie. The pie line, if you're looking at the pie straight on, mm-hmm. the pie line on your nine o'clock side mm-hmm. is where you start and then you will go counterclockwise, which means down, down and to the right. Okay. So that means one, two, three, four, all the way to 12, counterclockwise. Yes. Very important or you're doing it wrong. Shit. <laughs> going back in time. Back in time. The line on the nine o'clock side is your ascending sign otherwise known as your rising sign. So my rising sign is Leo, Tara's is Scorpio, and Marcel's is Libra. Very important. So the ascending sign is important because it reveals the zodiac sign that was emerging from the eastern horizon at your exact moment of birth. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. The rising sign also reveals information about your personal landscape. For instance, communication will be very important to a Gemini ascendant, and the home and family will be very important to a Cancer rising. Ascendant, rising, same fucking word. Oh, nice. Okay. Same so thing. Same easy. thing. Easy. So if you're looking at your chart and it says ASC, ascending sign, rising sign. Easy. Done. We don't have to worry about it anymore. The ascendant also reveals your ruling planet. Leo's ruling planet is the sun. Scorpio's is Pluto. And Libra's ruling planet is Venus. So that now you know your ruling planet. So should I be like majorly concerned with where Venus is in my chart? Like, should I be thinking a lot about that relationship? Or am I just like, I should be thinking about where Pluto is at all times? Yo, for astrology, you got to be thinking about everything all at once. Shit. All at once. I'm glad I'm a woman and I'm a multitasker. (laughs) It helps so much. To truly, truly understand your chart, you need to know what zodiac sign your planets are in and and what house your planets are in. All of these things can make a difference in reading your chart. And this is where it becomes super fucking tricky. So I'm pulling this example right out of an Allure magazine article, and it says, (laughs) if your Venus Scorpio is in the second house, would it make an individual drawn to financially stable lovers? Or is your Venus Scorpio in the ninth house, which would signify a long distance romance? So different facets of your personality, even if you're Venus Scorpio and you're like, all right, all right, I got that. My Venus is in Scorpio, blah, blah, blah. But it depends what house it's in. And that could completely change or add new information about that aspect of your life, which for Venus would be like your love life. Is it like you have Venus? Beautiful. Beautiful. She's like holding it. (laughs) It's in Scorpio. So it has like a particular kind of light to it, right? It's, It's red. Yes. And then the house is like a particular, not sieve, but like a, like the direction with which that light pushes. Like with just the light, there are limitless possibilities. But then once you directionalize that light, then you get like the actual outcome of a Venus in Scorpio. Yes. Okay. So more specificity. Yeah. Correct. Hope everyone else gets it. It's so confusing. <laughs> you see, knowing your zodiac sign for your planets and knowing which house your planets reside in helps you to figure out the nuances of your personality. And what if you don't have any planets in a house? Then you lack all qualities of that house. I don't like that. I only have two, three houses max. (laughs) Okay, JK, not real, not real. So I'm not just one note? You're not just one note. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there was a pause. You're not just a one-sided character. You're still fully three-dimensional. You're shining little... A fully realized creation. Exactly. You are a butterfly flying away Mm -hmm. to join the butterfly herd. Mm -hmm. So it just means that this house may not be your focus in this lifetime, and that, like, isn't a bad thing. You're one person. If you had a planet in every house, then you're probably the fucking avatar. Like, that'd be wild. 
It's a lot of responsibility. So you're not supposed to have planets in all the houses. And I mean, if you do, like, you probably are the avatar. Like, you should be a monk or something. Like, <laughs> this sounds very well balanced. There's, like, one 12-year-old in Iowa named Grace that's looking at her chart right now. And she's like... <laughs> <laughs> I knew I was destined for greatness. Mother was wrong. Mother was wrong. <laughs> With that accent. It's like the 20s. Okay. <laughs> okay. So now that we have some basic, very, very basic understanding of how houses work, let's talk about the houses and what they mean. Yay. And there are 12 houses. So if you love lists, we're the podcast for you. Here Hello. we are. The first house is ruled by Aries. This house is defined by your ascendant. So the first house defines you. It deals with first impressions, the self and appearance, leadership, new initiatives, and fresh starts. Planets that occupy the first house have a very strong influence in that person's life. When planets in the sky transit into this house, our goals are manifested and new projects, ideas, perspectives will finally take form. Okay, question. Yes. So if everyone has an ascendant, yes, that's always in the first house. Yes. Does that mean that everyone always has something in the first house or that everyone is guaranteed at least the ascendant? No. Oh. So, for example, we did the birth charts of Tara, Marcel, and myself. And Tara is the only person who has something in the first house. What? But your ascendant isn't. Your ascendant isn't. Your ascendant just adds more flavor into defining your first house. So the ascendant isn't really a planet. Where is your ascendant? It's just hanging out. It's, okay, it's so it's hanging hangs, out. It hangs out. So it doesn't get a house. So you're, yes. So your ascendant sign doesn't get a house. Okay. It is just hanging out there. It helps you figure out how to access your house correctly. Okay, that makes sense. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I'm not ready. I'm not We're ready not for ready. the information. This is 101. This is not 201. So Tara has basically half of her signs in this fucking house. She's got her sun. She's got her Mercury, her Mars, her Pluto. Do you want to talk about any of them? Do you want me to read what you wrote about me? Yeah, read what I wrote about you. Okay, so I was really busy this week. So Alicia did all of the (laughs) research. (laughs) So this is is what has been written. So if the sun is in the first house, the center of your life is you. The capital Y. Capital Y. (laughs) You're able to talk about yourself and share ideas about yourself to make others more comfortable. That is my hope that that is what that does <laughs> and doesn't annoy people incessantly. I also have my Mercury in the first house. So you think about yourself and you talk about yourself, which says that you're great on a social level. I do use a lot of I statements. I do talk about myself a lot, but I'm very interesting. So. Yeah, I mean, if you're interesting, why not? I also have my Mars in the first house. Which it says here is a very powerful position. I don't know if she just wrote that to be nice to me because she told me that all I do is think about myself in the (laughs) sentence before. You come first to you. That's true. I, yes. (laughs) Yes. You are very independent and can be incredibly impatient with it quotations. I want to do it now. I'm also extremely impatient. I'm like on this. So like Alicia and I work for this company that will not be named. Top secret. Top secret. Not a government entity at all. Or is it? But we have this Slack channel. I get so fucking annoyed when I type something and then someone doesn't immediately reply within 60 seconds. I then begin to type, well, whenever you do see this, the yada, yada, yada. And then I have to physically pull my hand back from the computer (laughs) and and pet it and say, no, Tara. (laughs) People are busy. Down, girl. Sometimes people have to go get a glass of water. And they can't be at their computer all the time. Okay. And then the last one is um, my Pluto. So it says, you are slash want to be in control of yourself, i.e. me constantly having personal conversations about how I shouldn't be yelling at everyone all the time. (laughs) There is always the fear of not being in control of yourself. So you take Pluto, which is the planet of transformation, and you transform you. Pluto doesn't renovate one room of the house. It levels the whole house and builds from the ground up. When you transform, you will be like the phoenix rising from its ashes. I already used that metaphor today. Oh, my gosh. You live it. So you live it. Did you ever read the birthday book? No. It's we should get one. It's really thick and good for fighting enemies. It's like massive. Like it's heavy? Super heavy. Thick. It has every day. Each day has two pages. And it like has all this information about that day. And about what that person is supposed to be like based on what day they were born. And the one for November 10th is metamorphosis. The day of metamorphosis. Ooh. 
So I, I think a lot about that because all I do is I think about myself. Anyway, going on to the next house. Next house, which I mean also writing on the first house. The woman I was listening to was saying that it is a great house for people that you would want at your party. Like you're someone, if there's a party, you're going to talk to all the people. Oh, yeah, I do do that. Yeah, exactly. But you're going to be like, this is about me. And you're like not going to hold back like a part Mm -hmm. of yourself when you're talking. But you'll also make them seem comfortable to be able to like feel like they can talk about themselves. I hope so. Yeah. So it's good. It's not bad. It's not just me, 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 me. And I mean, sometimes me, 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 me is really good. Yeah, this shit done. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. I do have a consistent diary. Beautiful. Thank you. Then we have the second house, which is ruled by Taurus. The second house covers all matter related to your immediate material and physical environment. Personal finances, material possessions, the concept of value, money. Money. Very Taurus. Natal planets in the second house tend to seek security through their material world. It's very earth sign. Very earth sign. This house can also reveal changes in resources or self-esteem. So Tara's got her moon in here and I've got my Venus, Jupiter, and Tara has her Uranus, her Neptune, her North Node, and Marcel has his Pluto. Marcel's representing. He's he's hanging out. He's trying to join the fun. <laughs> Get out of here. He just wants more followers on Instagram, guys. <laughs> so the one we're going to talk about right now is my Jupiter being in the second house, which is kind of the place you want your Jupiter to be. Yeah, surprisingly. big agree. Big agree. Had no idea. But apparently this means it should bring you a great deal of money. Where it is, I don't know. I'm still waiting for it. It's supposed to bring abundance in the area of money. And you like big things. Jupiter is big. It feels very like Trumpian. Yeah. yeah, true. <laughs> Very like Trumpian vibes. It's like big, huge, huge. It's huge. People talk about it being the lucky planet, but it's also the planet of expansion. So the idea of like bloating and expanding your wealth. I am always bloating my empire. <laughs> <laughs> I eat a lot of bread. It tastes so good and my tummy hurts so much. Third house is ruled by Gemini. And communication is a huge thing in the third house. Like you got to think about it. It's twins for Gemini. They're constantly talking to each other. <laughs> constantly. Talking, thinking, how you talk to others via emailing or texting. All sorts of communication are included in the third house. The third house is also about siblings, your neighborhood and community, local travel and education. So local travel, as what I've heard, is like day trips or weekend trips, like little trips. Okay. Because there's actually another house that has long trips. Oh, that's so funny. (laughs) Wait, so if the third house is ruled by Gemini and Gemini is ruled by Mercury. Yes. That makes sense that this would have a lot of mercurial energy to it, communication and travel and things like that. Yep. Exactly. And when a planet transits the third house, we will receive important information about our immediate network. Not your family, though, because your family is more cancer. Your family's more cancer. So it would be your friend group or it could even be just your public network. It could be your family. It could kind of be any sort of communication Mm because the real note here is communicate, communicate, communicate. I see. So my sun sign is in the third house. And so that kind of just means... You have great ideas. You get bored very, very easily and have to be on the move at all times. And this is kind of the house of mental curiosity. Like you're the kid who's always like picking something up and seeing if it can like fit up their nose. You know, that sort of thing. Can I eat this? Can I eat this? The answer is no. (laughs) You are constantly in that Japanese game show where they like fill an entire like room. They make it look like a room, but certain objects are made out of chocolate. And your job is to pick it up with your teeth and... I've never seen this, and it sounds so good for me. The best thing in the whole world is like seeing an older businessman bite into a shoe, and he has to bite really hard, and he's starting to think that this is a shoe, and then it breaks off, and it's chocolate. Oh my god! So excited. (laughs) He's. Oh my god! Yeah, that's totally me. And then Marcel's Uranus is also in the third house. And it says, you'll say things for shock value, which I don't know if he quite does sometimes, but I'm not shocked by anything. So (laughs) that's probably why we get along. (laughs) You're not a good barometer. No, I'm not. Your thought process is way ahead of the rest of the world. You can be very funny and very unexpected in your delivery. Check your car carefully before you get into it. His car literally died as I was driving it like two months ago. Oh, no. And I was like, huh, I got to figure out how to 
push this thing home. <laughs> How did you get home? Well, it ended up just stalling out. And so I was able to like do it so that it worked. But if I was on the brake for too long, it would stall out again. So I just had to like <gasps> put my foot on the brake when I needed to stop and then like take it off and put it on. So I was just like slowly inching forward oh, the entire no. time. You're at a stoplight, but it's like a really long one. So you're just kind of creaking. And, exactly. That's terrifying. It was very scary. And then also his car died when we left L.A. to move to New York. So, I mean, yeah, this sounds like a Marcel problem. <laughs> Poor baby boy. Sounds like the universe put a fucking hit on you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> fourth house, ruled by cancer. So the fourth house, like our baby cancer boy Marcel, is all about the home and family. The fourth house sits at the very bottom of the zodiac wheel, so the very bottom of your pie. All right, so we're going from nine down, right? Nine down. So nine o'clock. So we're at six o'clock. Like, not exactly 6 o'clock. We're in that, like, where 6 o'clock would be. Okay. Sits at the very bottom of the zodiac wheel and rules the foundation of all things. This can be your home, privacy, basic security, your parents, particularly your mother figure, which can be either male or female, but it's the one who raised you and nurtured you when you were younger. So this could be, like, if grandma raised you or if you had adopted parents who raised you, like, this is that role, the Mm -hmm. nurturing role in your life. Planets in transit across the fourth house want us to create a more private, nurturing space in our lives. A little nest. A little nest for little birds so that they can grow up safely and fly away and never communicate with their mothers again. (laughs) This is not the third house. And Marcel and I have a lot in the fourth house. (laughs) That's so funny. I wonder if that makes you get along better or that like they're different planets and that makes you have friction in that space i don't know i mean we definitely get along very well but i don't know if the fourth house is also the reason when we do argue if that's why but i mean you also argue with whomever you live with like that's just far mm-hmm. living like sharing a space with someone i have my mercury my mars and my pluto in the fourth house and marcel has his saturn his neptune and his north node in this house and that's saturn that's saturn baby So with my Mars being in the fourth house, it says you may fight with your home and family, but you will also fight for them. Your family situation probably has a lot of arguing. Your nurturing parent may have been the angry one. And I will neither confirm nor deny my mom was angry because I'm still afraid of her. (laughs) Linda listens intermittently. (laughs) Intermittently. And I will not besmirch her name. (laughs) And then my Pluto is also there which is incredibly powerful. Your whole family environment involves being in control in some sort of way, which is very interesting. There can be a total transformation in your home and family situation. When Pluto is triggered, it's all or nothing. You can transform and liberate yourself in your own family, but that also might mean you might have to transform yourself to like detach from your family. So there's kind of like two ways it could go. Oh, yeah. But it's about- Where do you feel like you are? I feel like- now with everything that I can transform and feel like I'm more involved with my family Mm -hmm. I'm not like calling everyone every day or anything like that but I definitely do talk to like my mom and I do talk to my brother way more than at any other point really Mm -hmm. in my adult life so yeah that's really interesting that there would be a catalyst that would push you in one direction or the other yeah because up until this point I've definitely sensed like a detachment that was based entirely off of survival yeah and now that 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 trigger and that stressor is gone it's like you get to transform that entire relationship all over again to exactly up with fresh air and yeah and <laughs> Marcel and I have been binging Downton Abbey but there was a really good quote about how you need to learn love young because it's so much harder to learn as an adult and I feel like especially in the past few months it's been redefining what that familial love means to me mm-hmm. and how I need to like either show up or like state things where I wouldn't have really thought about doing so beforehand mm-hmm. just even being like oh let me try to call my mom more often things like that where it's like we're fine not talking all the time but making that extra concerted effort to try to make sure our relationship is in a very good and positive space mm-hmm. that's also very sad in return dun 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 okay 
<laughs> the fifth house is ruled by Leo. The fifth house is playful and fun, and it is linked to creativity, romance, fun, and children. Love that. Love that. Children can also mean that very saucy cat that you live with <laughs> and consider your child. Like, it does include pets, like your relationships to your pets if they feel like children to you. And so this can be anything from watching movies to learning an instrument to drawing, playing board games. This is literally the fun house. <laughs> And encourages house. Yeah, it's the party house. And it encourages you to let loose a bit. Children are in this house because of the carefree energy and perspective that children have. It wants you to let go and to just have some fucking fun, y'all. You know? I don't have got time. There's other houses to get to. There's other houses. Planets transiting the fifth house deliver those aha moments that we live for. They're like, ah, yes. Aha. Eureka. Eureka. Ooh, good word. Good word. And this is the house apparently that I dominate. Hell yeah. My Uranus, my Neptune, and my North Node are all in the fifth house. And my Neptune specifically, which was like really weird, said, you love make-believe. Neptune rules movies? I can't. I I read that a little bit before this and I, I fucking shat my pants. I was like, it was so specific too. And I was like, how many people... What? How many people does this relate to? Yeah. That makes no sense. You're an artist, you're dramatic, and you love all kinds of make-believe and have creative talent. You need a place to escape and you need to have fun all the time, which also sounds a lot like me. I get bored as my whatever mm-hmm. planet was. It said I got bored very, very easily. Oh, the which second is, house. Yep. So fucking true. I get bored so easily. And it also says if you're in the movie business, you must use your dramatic and creative talents, which is like, what if I weren't? <laughs> that would be so unfortunate if you were like, oh, no, I don't like any of those things. Yeah, it's like, I hate ooh, movies. I hate fun. I do not like fun. But that also makes sense to me where like you had a lot of like cancer energy and you were very concerned with family and having control Mm -hmm. within that and that makes sense as a director that like movies sets and stuff like that are also like family and big in communication and stuff like that yeah it's true and I do like to have control in those situations so Mm -hmm. works hand in hand or will be my ultimate downfall who knows here we are oh it's not that that's the eighth house that's the that's not now sixth house ruled by Virgo the sixth house informs you about work health service and daily routines It rules schedules, organization, routines, fitness, diet and exercise, healthy living, and being of service to others. Those with planets in the sixth house focus on time and calendar management, and planets that are transitioning through the sixth house help us form habits and define our schedules. It's very, let's get down to work. Yeah. Let's get down to work. And like the spreadsheets. Spreadsheets. Lots of spreadsheets. It also talks about what kind of worker you are. These people are extraordinarily hard workers, and they love to work oh who's the only one with a planet in this house <laughs> my saturn's in the sixth house <laughs> <laughs> says you are a hard worker you want to be in command on the job <laughs> you respond to your ability as a leader at work you're going to have employees who take their job seriously and that's because you take your job seriously mm-hmm. and you can deal in real estate or government but you need a structure you adhere to movies have a structure they do hmm. a beginning middle and end oh thank god but the conflict has to begin on the 10th page that's true or it's a bad movie or it's a bad movie. <laughs> <laughs> and then we have the seventh house here we go we skipping right through these which is ruled by libra on the wheel the seventh house is directly across from the first house she's looking at the pie so we went from six down no we went from nine down to six now we're at three o'clock yes okay correct So how the first house focuses on me, 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 the seventh house focuses on your relationships, especially that special someone in your life. The seventh house also governs like all relationships, like partnerships, both business and personal and legal matters, including contracts, marriage, divorce and business deals, things that are legally binding to you and someone else. Planets moving through the seventh house help us close deal and make things official. So the only one with the planet in this house is Marcel has his Mars, which Mars is the fighting planet, right? (laughs) And he's here to lock you down. Here to lock me down. So Marcel's Mars says, partnership comes first to you. You are willing to be confrontive in your relationships. You attract people who say me first. You will put that other person first. You will fight for them and you may fight with them. Is it accurate? We don't fight too much, but he, I mean, I'm first. You are first. I am first. As it should be. As it should be. Myself and Artemis, although might take her out. 
if it came for his love. <laughs> Do you think Marcel would fight Artemis for you? Yeah, but if he fought Artemis for me, I'd be upset. Yeah. Because Artemis is like the one true messiah. I should make up like a time she was born and do her own birth chart. Oh, just make it up. <laughs> yeah, we'll see what houses she's in and stuff like that. All right, the eighth house ruled by Scorpio. The eighth house is the most powerful house because it is the most mysterious one. Oh, I don't know what that noise. This it was like, like a little sexy. It was like, oh, we going to bed. <laughs> it rules birth, death, sex, and transformations. I heard one psychic describe it as the all or nothing house. You have to be all in or nothing will change. Very Pluto. Very Pluto. Very Scorpio. Very Scorpio. Other people refer to the eighth house as the haunted house of the birth chart. People with planets in the eighth house will be attracted to the supernatural or occult, intense romances, and it also rules over other people's property and money, like real estate, inheritances, and investments. If you have a planet in the eighth house, that means you will need to undergo an incredible transformation of some kind in this lifetime. Damn. And your little south node, Tara's little south node lives in the eighth house. My little butt node. And it says, you have helped other people get money. You have looked at the deepest secrets of life itself. I don't know what you need to undergo a transformation for. What did I see? What did you see? And did I get commission on that money? I don't know. I hope so. If not, start charging. Well, south node is your past life, right? It's like what you learned in your past life. I think so. And then north node is supposed to be the focus of this life. Yeah. So that in my past life, I have helped people gain a lot of money and that I have looked at the deepest. And then I came to this life and said, so you want to talk about me? So you want to you talk about me? Where's your north node hanging out? Oh, your north node is ruled by Taurus in the second house. So talk about money. So if you were getting commissioned in the last life, this time you the boss. Mm-hmm. You the CEO in charge. We're getting money in this life. More money. All right. Then the ninth house ruled by Sagittarius. The ninth house is about your belief system slash philosophy, travel, like long distance travel. This is the long one. This is the long one. And higher education. It also covers foreign languages, optimism, religion, and adventures. All things that lead either your body or your mind elsewhere. Those born with planets in the ninth house are extremely curious and inquisitive. When planets transit across the ninth house, we feel the urge to learn something new, move somewhere far away, or adopt a completely new perspective. Marcel's Venus is actually in the ninth house, and so it says you love to travel, you love to talk about belief systems, you love people from faraway places. Your principles involve love. Oh, that's sweet. That's really sweet. But his car's just gonna die on the long distance travel, so it doesn't matter. Good thing he lives in New York and he loves walking now. <laughs> Tenth house. Ooh, almost through this whole pie, guys. How did, where did all this pie go? Ooh, so full, so bloated. Oh, my tummy hurts, so I gotta, gotta potty break. I gotta take a pie break soon. The 10th house is located at the very top. Okay. So is that zero? That's 12. 12. That's 12. Ma, there's no <laughs> zero. <laughs> what was- are you doing? You have four degrees. I have three. Oh, my high school degree. I have four degrees. (laughs) And none of them involve counting. Yes. 12 degree mark. The 10th house is located at the very top, and it is supposed to be the peak of your personal story. The midheaven is also normally embedded in your 10th house, and it magnifies the height of your success. The 10th house governs public image, professional aspirations, and career achievements. These people are incredibly ambitious, and when the planets transit through the 10th house, you may often be thinking about making a change in your profession. So, Tara, you you got a little flirt over there because you and Marcel share Jupiter in this house, but Marcel kind of dominates this house. His sun sign, his Mercury, Jupiter, and his south node are all in this house. But let's see. So, Marcel and Tara's Jupiter. It says, this is a great placement for someone in the public. You have a large career. You are a natural leader. You must have a career in which you live your beliefs. So Marcel and I both have a Jupiter in this house. Yes. Which is flavored with this being good for public careers, having a large career, and having that career align with our beliefs. And then we should look at what our Jupiter is Mm -hmm. that will then also... Inform that. Inform that. So this is a lot of work. This is so much work. Yeah. So if my Jupiter is in Virgo, mm-hmm. then I have no idea. <laughs> but I give up. I eventually, give up. <laughs> I, we will have an idea. 
But then, so Marcel Sunshine is also in the 10th house. Yeah. And he's a cancer. Yes. So that cancer son, I don't even know what that would mean. Yo, I don't know. I'm just telling you what the houses are. I know. I'm sorry. I'm trying it's to make okay. it more complicated than it needs to be. I said we dipping our baby toes in this no. time. My little pinky toe is fat. It's a big toe. It takes up a lot of room. I have to wear special shoes. The wide ones. I can't just go to Payless. No. Although you wish. The 11th house, ruled by Aquarius. The 11th house is all about humanitarian pursuits, technology and innovation, friendships and society, and the push for social justice. It is about originality, sudden events, surprises, astronomy, and all things futuristic. People with 11th house planets are often defined by their revolutionary ideas, and they see how important it is to create peace and harmony for the whole. Transiting planets broaden our reach as we define our role within society. And we have Terra's Venus and then my south node are in here. So tell us about your Venus, baby. My Venus, my fire. It means I love people. Mm -hmm. And it says here also that you have written. It says that when you love them, they love you. Hell yeah. Has this been my experience? Hopefully in the future. I feel mostly people really like working with you and they really like your energy and having you around. Yeah, true. If I redefine love away from romantic love. Yeah, don't, yeah. don't. It's not romantic love. <laughs> Baby, you're just going to be disappointed. <laughs> this is about, so the 11th house is full of friendship. Okay. So like creating those friendship bonds with people. Always a bridesmaid, never the bride. <laughs> so you love humanity. You look for your love in your friends. They, You adore your friends. And I do adore them. And then they adore you in return. This is true. This is true. And then it says your south node, your friends are so important to you. You've been a humanitarian in a past life and you understand the need of helping humanity. It's important. We got to help humanity, you guys. And then also our Saturn return is in Aquarius. Yes. So then this, you have experienced being a humanitarian in your past life when you were Napoleon. And then... <laughs> and then... I don't know if I was him in a past life. He's just an ancestor. <laughs> He's just one of <laughs> And then... Um, and people just like me. <laughs> All right. People love Tara. <laughs> they love hearing about they me. They love you. They love how much I talk about me. <laughs> It's their favorite thing. All right. The last part of the pie, you guys. The 12th house ruled by Pisces. As the final house on the wheel, the 12th house rules over endings. It is the darkness before dawn, and it is known as the unseen realm. This house can talk about the final stages of a project, tying up loose ends, the afterlife, your subconscious, and even your dreams and secrets. People with planets in the 12th house are highly intuitive and more naturally psychic. And my moon is in the 12th house. And it basically just means pull back and retreat, give yourself privacy at least once a day, and listen to the divinity within you. Mm -hmm. So just kind of trust those like inner, yes, this is what I actually think. Or no, Mm -hmm. that doesn't feel or sound right. Like learning to like trust those instincts Mm -hmm. and not listen to all the chatter. Yeah, totally. And the moon is like emotions. It's like like those deep underlying, it's like the... The sea underneath the iceberg. Yeah. That pushes it and moves it. Which is interesting because my moon sign is in Cancer. Mm-hmm. So it's also probably talking about all the chattering of the family. Yeah. And how I've had to like retreat within myself to like figure out what the fuck is up. Yeah. Yeah. And those, you guys, are Z houses. Look, these are all my 12 houses. This is your little neighborhood mm-hmm. up in the sky. My first wife lives in this house and then my second wife yo so one of these psychics was like i can tell you that your first partner is going to be in this house and if you have a second partner it was like go three houses down that this sign's going to be in that house and i was like what the hell is this why this is so crazy and it went up to three and it was like well if you're at the point where you're at your fourth person you probably should figure out what's going on with yourself Maybe the problem is you. Maybe you need to look inward. (laughs) Stop bothering these poor women. Or you could be a black widow. Like the spider? Like the spider where you hike up someone's life insurance policy and then kill them and then you rake it in. That's called being a black widow? Yeah, it's when women women do that. Oh, man, they're smart. I know. I like them. I like them a lot. Wow, that was a lot of really great information. I'm so glad that you put so much hard work at a time when I really could not show up for you. 
Which is in the news. Which is in the news. The work continues. Guess what? I ain't done. <laughs> Alicia's here and she's got something to say. Got so much to say. Just let me talk. <laughs> All right. First up on our docket, there is a 3D model of a cave that you can access from your internet with witches marks on it. Ooh. Thank you, Tara. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I was thinking about like we've talked about witches marks before. Yes. They're like, people thought that they, you're going to talk about it probably, I'm sorry. A little bit, but continue. Oh, that they thought that they were used either to banish witches or that witches made them to banish evil spirits. Correct. Okay. She remembers. I only hope that as we accumulate and as you guys listen, that I don't have to go back to the basics and explaining things. But you know, there's some new people. I don't mind chatting. But for the old people out there, we're like, ugh, witches marks. Heard this what? shit before. What's a sun sign again? I'm what? sorry. <laughs> What's a sun? What's a sun? Here we go. In early 2019, Cresswell Crags, which is an ancient limestone gorge in England's East Midlands. I've never been, but some of you must know what this is. <laughs> was found to have Great Britain's largest amount of witches' marks engraved in a cave. This was an evil fucking cave, I exactly. guess. Exactly. These witches' marks are carvings designed to ward off evil spirits. So unfortunately for the general public, though, getting to the witches' marks in the Cresswell Crags is off limits. Because it's dangerous? Probably because it's dangerous. It's just like in a cave. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And those like aren't always safe Mm -mm. like you go in you take your like high school boyfriend you fool around you touch his pee pee for the first time (laughs) like but then you hear something spooky and you run out yeah if y'all ever seen the outsiders (laughs) not the outsiders the outsider yes exactly spooky spooky okay but guess what modern technology is here to stay thank you thank you scientists (laughs) Researchers at Cresswell Crags partnered with Jeremy Lee of Sheffield Hallam University to digitize the witch's marks. Lee used LIDAR. Have you heard of this before? Like a kind of radar. L-I-D-A-R. LIDAR? LIDAR? I don't know how to say it, but it is light detection and ranging. So yeah, some kind of light radar, basically, along with photogrammetry, which is a word I didn't know existed until I wrote it today, to create detailed 3D renderings of the caves to make them accessible to a broad and distanced audience whilst enabling a detailed viewing and analysis of the marks inside. Thank you, Lee. Lee. Thank you, Jeremy Lee. Although unsure of what types of evil the marks were a protection from, Paul Baker, the director of Crestwell Crags, said, We may never know what the makers of these marks were seeking protection from or the fear they experienced, but the marks are extremely numerous and the concentration of this chamber suggests that this was a significant place. That makes sense that their fear would be very real if they would go deep enough into a cave and be so... What's the word I'm looking for? Sorry. Are you thinking like just engulfed in fear? Or like what are you? The idea that like they would make so many and spend all of that time carving into stone, which takes a lot of effort. Yeah. That whatever they were experiencing must have been terrifying. Spooky things. To explore the 3D model of the Cresswell Crags Witches Mark, so you can check out the link in our show notes. If you're interested in learning more about the Cresswell Crags, you can go to Cresswell, C-R-E-S-W-E-L-L hyphen crags, C-R-A-G-S dot org dot U-K. Or just try typing in it on Google and see whatever pops yeah, yeah, up yeah. first. And you'll be like, I'll commit to this. Cresswell hags. Cresswell <laughs> hags. That's the witch's marks. That's what they were protecting people from, the Cresswell hags. Up next, coronavirus and witchcraft in Ghana. Oh, man. Oh, man. All right. So our boy Leo Igwe is at it again. The founder of Advocacy for Alleged Witches wrote an article for Modern Ghana, which is like an online magazine, about the ties of the coronavirus outbreak to witchcraft, meaning he very clearly stated that these things are not connected in any way. Oh my god. Can you even imagine? I like wasn't even thinking about that. And it is like, it's literally like a plague mm-hmm. and superstition is like so rooted in some of these villages that like that sounds like witches Mm -hmm. crazy in a time of so much uncertainty Igwe wanted to make sure that the public was aware that this is not the time to link witchcraft to the coronavirus the advocacy for alleged witches urges people across Ghana to resist making allegations of occult harm and to not take any measures that would lead to the harm abuse or death of innocent persons usually children usually children they said that any person who believes they have been physically affected by coronavirus should visit the appropriate medical center and not go to the religious healers who use prayers and other spiritual rituals to manage diseases 
They also advise that people should be wary of any unprofessional or unethical medical practices and only adopt evidence-based measures in managing and containing the coronavirus pandemic. And surprisingly, there's not, as we are recording right now, there's not that much talk in general of how Africa is doing. Mm-hmm. With the coronavirus, but as of March 25th, 43 out of 54 countries in Africa now have the coronavirus. So it's only going up. Yeah, and I wonder in a situation where people are not able to get tested, that seems like a place that is extremely at high risk. Yeah. Like places that don't have affordable or easily accessible places. Yeah. That's a good point, though. Like just this week, like March 23rd, South Africa was really like, oh, shit, Mm -hmm. this is like a thing and it's here so you can only imagine like how that's spreading throughout like the rest of that fucking continent i think it's really important though that people are saying like you do not attribute this because that is probably a very common knee-jerk reaction for people because they did have such a big problem in ghana yeah so i think it's great that he came forward and was like very literal yeah Mm -hmm. this is not the time this is not it this is very science-based and not witchcraft based Mm -hmm. and our last article for today because what else to do while you're social distancing than watch another show yay yay so motherland fort salem is a new freeform drama about witches nice nice so a new witchy show has been aired on freeform which is the former abc family for those who fondly remember abc family and are like what the fuck is freeform (laughs) wait did they change their name oh yeah like a few years ago oh i didn't know that yeah i was still like give me that ABC family, like, that Christmas Harry Potter, time. Yeah. Yep, yep. All those Halloween episodes back to back. Now it's on Freeform. Just, like, rebranding. Hmm. I know. We're not just for families. No. Sometimes we're for singles. Ooh. Hot and saucy. A Freeform. Oh, I don't even know what it means. It's like a loose yoga. A loose yoga. <laughs> just bad yoga. It's <laughs> Freeform. That's not- our whole brand. Just bad, bad yoga. Not good form. Not good form. Motherland Fort Salem is a story about a slightly alternate present-day United States where women are in charge of the military and they're all witches. Nice. Nice. So think of Charmed mashed with the man in the high castle. That's kind of like the vibe they want to give you. Elliot Lawrence is the executive producer behind Motherland Fort Salem. The show follows three young women from basic training and combat magic to deployment on the front lines. Lawrence said that he doesn't want Motherland Fort Salem to become just another teen show, saying that it's not about attractive young people with powers, which of course they are attractive They're young people. They're extremely attractive young women they that are, are that's thin. That's the only way I will watch them. But <laughs> you know, he says it's deeper than that. It's more than that. Okay, prove it. Prove it. The three leads are a mix of races, classes, and sexuality. But in this world, apparently none of that actually matters because they are just witches in war. Like we all are. War witches. War witches. Lawrence said it's about getting inside the terrible history of our country and kind of opening it up and looking at it in new ways. It's fun to poke around and be provocative with that stuff. That's a questionable statement. Uh, okay. <laughs> After writing it out. Hmm. Saying it out loud, I don't think I'd introduce it at a dinner party. I'm very excited to watch this. I've seen a lot of stuff about it, and there were ads all over the subway. This sounds like a nothing statement. (laughs) It's about getting inside our terrible history, okay, of our country, and kind of opening it up and looking at it in a new way. Which it's like, okay, that's interesting, but then just being like, that stuff. That stuff. Kind of that (laughs) stuff. That stuff. You know, the things that, like, are personal plagues to people, like, (laughs) Dealing with their sexuality or their class status or like... None of that matters. That's so frustrating. Racism. (laughs) None of that matters because they're brought together by witchcraft. No, it does matter a lot, probably. (laughs) Maybe not to the white blonde lead. Probably doesn't doesn't matter to her at all. She's fine. She's doing a great job with her whole coloring box of friends. (laughs) Thanks, Elliot. I'm still going to watch your show. I still want to watch it. Damn, Elliot. Better be fucking cool. All right. So Elliot Lawrence described the show by saying, as a queer person, witches have always been a symbol of otherness for me. And it was very appealing for me to create a world where these others who had previously been persecuted were the ones who were dutiful and patriotic. Women always got to come save the day. That's why they're in charge of the military. That's why they should be in charge of the military now. Where's our female president? Thank you. Keep snapping. Keep snapping. Snap for so you can find the show on Freeform. I don't know how you actually do that now. I don't either. They must have an app. <laughs> right? 
another one you heard it here first they must have one. Oh my god that was witches in the news guys thank you so much for being with me this whole time it's been a real delight pleasure yeah <laughs> it better have been i talked so much more right, than i normally shut up, do okay because i gotta tell you about this fucking disc we're making Ooh, more circles more circles she goes into a panic attack <laughs> pies pies everywhere zero o'clock zero <laughs> no really y'all i uh had a very rough week trying to keep my job so the little things just a little bit of stress and so alicia did all of the research for this and it was it took hours days days trying to figure this out because it's not easy i mean it would have been easy to just be like okay what do the houses mean we'll just do that but like it's not meaningful for you i think it's not meaningful for our baby witches to just understand like the superficial to understand why it's this way and how it works thank you so much for doing that no problem kiss me it's this is a coronavirus i blew a kiss does it micro droplets everywhere oh that's true i just (laughs) it's the loudest wettest kiss i've ever done welcome to the last episode Okay, so I want to thank recreationalwitchcraft.tumblr.com. That's a fucking awesome name. I know. I was like, how did you get that? And also, this is very on brand. Yeah. Here for a good time, not a long time. Glamour shower discs. I thought they were cookies because they kind of look like cookies. They look like they have like chocolate chips in them. Yeah, don't they? I really maybe raisins. Yo, hmm. have we talked about this? Tell me. The worst thing in the world is thinking a cookie the chocolate chip <laughs> yeah. cookie and then biting into it and finding raisins yeah totally i've literally spit cookies out before <laughs> <laughs> that shit pisses me off i think that the highest risk is the oatmeal cookie yes because i feel like they most often have raisins but i always want to believe it's chocolate chips yeah i am mad at myself each time it happens i'm just why would you make a cookie that looks so similar to a different very beloved cookie yeah like it's just kind of rude to trick you on purpose it's like you're a dog and we need to hide your medicine in some cheese (laughs) why it's because you won't take it otherwise i don't want to eat the raisins they're good antioxidant okay all right tell me about it so i copy pasted a lot of this and then i tried to write it and then i had to leave so so if you don't have a bathtub not everyone has a bath i don't have a bathtub. you don't have a bathtub yeah i don't enjoy sitting in my bathtub i'm sorry it's not a it's not an pleasurable experience (laughs) and a lot of times i don't know if are you really into baths i like baths when i can do it i have to be like you are sitting in this tub of water mm-hmm. for over an hour. I just have to have nothing else to do. Exactly. I feel like I really get excited about the bath. I like when the bath is filling up. I sit in it and then I start, I turn on the water and I feel it fill up over my body. And then once I'm in it, I'm like, I'm bored. Where's a book? What do I do in here? The pages get wet. You can't bring your iPad in there. Yeah, you need like the candles. Yeah, you can't bring your iPad. But maybe like your laptop in a corner, but it has to be far enough away and yeah. big enough that you can see it. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, if my hands get wet and then Netflix is like, you still watching? I can't just like, hey, Alexa, say yes. I'm you still throw watching. the soap at it. <laughs> well, like, maybe yes. you could throw this shower disc. So the idea is that like, if you can't take a bath and do one of those bath spells that everyone's into, you could use this as an aromatic equivalent okay. in your shower. Cool. If you Google shower discs, there are a lot of aromatherapy discs to relieve congestion when you have a cold. So Vicks Vapor Rub has a couple with the idea that the hot water from the shower is opening up your nasal passages. And then the fumes from this little disc are then going to ease your sniffy nose. Because your body is more willing to accept it. Trick it. Because it's hot. It's just like a raisin. It's like, yeah, this is, (laughs) whole show is a raisin. (laughs) In the sun. Does it burst? (laughs) Does it explode? Okay, so there's like a basic recipe, which is like, how do you make the physical disc? And then there are the glamour sort of equivalents. And then I'm thinking- It looked too easy. And then I'm thinking that like, if you have an allergy or you don't like a particular oil or you- are wanting to create another, like you want to experiment with these, you can kind of mix and match the different oils that you use. Oh, I love that. So to make the basic recipe, we'll put this on the Instagram. Maybe if I remember, maybe (laughs) remind me. I don't know. So you need one cup of baking soda. You need one tablespoon of cornstarch. These are the things that are good, like the binders and stuff like that. A third cup of water, maybe moon water. I don't know. It didn't say And then little muffin tins or muffin liners, these are going to be holding that structure as it sets. 
So for your glamour, you're going to want to use the series of essential oils. You're going to want sweet orange, which is for love and luck. So I was thinking maybe like opportunistic love, meeting by chance. Ooh. Essential oil for rose. So obviously rose is a must-have for all love spells. Of course. And it corresponds with Aphrodite. So if you're into different kinds of gods and stuff like that. The essential oil for jasmine. Jasmine is for sensuality and divinity. I read on Grove and Grotto that it also has a strong correspondence to the moon. So if you're all about the moon and you are using that moon water, you're going to want to maybe do the spell during a waxing moon because that's like the maiden phase. Oh, I like this. We're getting into it. And then you're going to use crushed red rose petals. I imagine they have to be dry. Oh, romantic. I know. And then a pinch of glitter. For fun. For fun. (laughs) I was also thinking that like you could also use red food coloring if you want, if you're into color magic and stuff like that. And it's like, okay, you're mixing all this stuff together it doesn't have a lot of fun color to it besides the red rose petal and the glitter Mm -hmm. and this cookie thing looks kind of gray up here but I was also thinking that like if you use red food coloring or any other kind of food coloring maybe make sure that you have like a place for your little cookie disc to evaporate so it doesn't stain your tub yeah and you don't get your deposit back so I think that maybe we should experiment with this if you do it and it doesn't stain the tub let me know so I don't get an email for property damage (laughs) so you're gonna combine the baking soda and the cornstarch first that's a dry elements excellent you're gonna make sure there's no clumps we're not here for any of that then you're gonna slowly add the water i would say maybe if you're gonna add the food coloring mix it with the water slowly add it then and then keep thinking about how stirring to the right is for manifesting okay so as you're stirring stirring to the right that's clockwise clockwise. forward in time fill the muffin tins about a third of the way they're not gonna rise there's no yeast but like (laughs) give yourself a little wiggle room just in case and also you're gonna be adding these rose petals so yeah come on so then you're gonna add the dried rose petals if you're adding other dried herbs or spices not the oils but other herbs or spices if you're like adding to this this is when you're gonna mix that in kind of just like sprinkle them on the top yeah and then leave it out to dry for about 24 hours okay so once these have dried with all the other soaps you're making and shit while you're in fucking social distancing (laughs) distancing for your etsy so here's your your bread that's rising and then here's your shower discs and here's the soap that looks like seashells and then here's your embroidery and how you're bettering yourself i love it carefully take the disc out of the liner when you're ready to do your bath and then you're going to add your essential oils on the top okay you're going to place your disc somewhere in the shower that allows them to kind of dissolve slowly so you don't want to put it like right next to the drain and you don't want to put it directly in the water Splash you gotta back. figure it out yeah yeah because you don't want it to just like slip and slide down the drain and then you don't want it to just like spatter everywhere right where it like goes away in two seconds and then you're done so i was looking up like some medicinal elements of like these oils because i get a little skeeved out by people being like essential oils are gonna cure everything and cbd is gonna cure the coronavirus it freaks me out so healthline which often i haven't looked up how reputable healthline is but they often link to scientific studies like you can read the whole study and case study that are put up by universities Mm -hmm. and i think that the big thing that is really helpful about this is that rose petal jasmine and sweet orange along with a couple others increase dopamine because they have really strong emotional connections that people can't have done studies about having mothers in labor smell sweet orange you know what though all of those are like bath and body works flavors yeah they are they are so we all received them as a teenager growing up from Mm -hmm. that one relative who was like i don't know what to get she's 14 what do i get a 14 year old girl i'll get her lotion i guess (laughs) like sure now i smell like jasmine which that one's a good lotion though like yeah i'm a fan also what was the one the um cherry blossom one that everyone had everyone had cherry blossoms so amazing. Get me that in an essential oil. Oof. So if you're looking for something outside of like the witchy correspondence, you're probably feeling more attractive because you have a bunch of dopamine. Yeah. And people are probably being more attracted to you because you smell nice. Well, because you smell nice, but also <laughs> that because like you're feeling good about yourself and confidence is probably the biggest magnet to your heart. That's true. So what about garlic instead? <laughs> I said it's supposed to cure everything. <laughs> 
It is supposed to fucking cure everything. Ward off vampires. Ward off vampires. Get rid of your yeast infection. Get rid all of it. All of it. Get rid of your tumors. I don't know. Maybe a beautiful Italian woman would become really attracted to you. Yeah. Or your pizza delivery man. Mm -hmm. Like "Mm, a Domino's. You smell like my work. Ah. (laughs) That turns me on for some reason. I need to go to therapy and figure out why. I love pizza. But if they want to attract you. Where do they find you? You find me at alicia.herder on Instagram. Where do we find you? Nowhere. No. In your house. In my house right now. Yeah. On my boyfriend's house. But if you want to find me on Instagram on the internet, where I also am often. Very often. No, it's on I, the internet so long. I really like that animal restaurant game. Anyway, so you can find me at her lovely face. That's my art Instagram. Or you can find me at underscore little moss that's for my selfies and we would like to thank our producer marcel perez our creative director mallory porter and kevin mcleod for the awesome intro and outro that you hear every time every time and we have to thank him or else he will sue us thank you kevin thank you kevin (laughs) one day we'll meet this man and he'll hate us (laughs) (laughs) you've ruined my art so you guys are at home. So I was thinking that maybe if you're looking for something to do today, you could give us an iTunes review because we really, really need them. It really doesn't matter what you say. You can say, I love the smell of garlic. Yeah, you could. You could also say, Rub the garlic nuggets on my bottom. Stop. Ew. <laughs> Don't write that. <laughs> you could write, thanks so much, Alicia, for this cool link to a digital cave. I love caves and I can't go into them because I'm social distancing trying to save my grandmama. Hopefully you give us five stars. I think we deserve it. Alicia <laughs> definitely deserves it this time. I worked so hard, you guys. We don't advertise. We're not with a network. We truly cannot be found by other people without you. Everything has been through word of mouth. So we're on Instagram at witches. If you're listening to us on your device, just like screen grab it and share it in your stories. Tag us and then we'll share in our stories and tag you and then you'll find new friends. Yay! And people have found friends. It's like great. It's a really small community, the witchcraft community. People aren't always as good about communicating with each other because a lot of us are solitary. Do you have your networking card? (laughs) You got your witchcraft business card because if not, you should. If not, this is how you do it. You can also email us at witchyespodcast at gmail. Send us pictures of you doing the spell. Send us pictures of your chart. Don't ask us to read it. (laughs) Don't do that. Um, Continue sending us pictures of your aura photos. Oh, that was awesome. That That was was so cool. So cool. So just in case she doesn't want us to say it, but someone sent us a really cool rune tattoo. She's from Sweden. Oh, yeah. And it's like her family names. That was awesome. Oh, that was so cool. And then she was like, I love your accent. And I was like, what accent? <laughs> she was probably like, oh, not that one. She was like, oh, they're trying to say these words and I know. they ain't saying them right. She was really nice. <laughs> <laughs> you can also find us on Patreon at which, yes, Alicia and I just fucking recorded a bunch of really baller, baller. episodes for Vaults of the Obscure. Patrons are getting that once a month at the $5 level. Once we reach 250, which is... Just 50 patron listeners will start releasing Vault of the Obscure twice a month, which will make this a weekly podcast. So if you guys are stuck inside in spring when you should be out and falling in love, (laughs) you could fall in love with us and our voices when we talk about... We talked about Hecate, we talked about Bigfoot, and we talked about... The witch's hat and why it might be racist. The witch's hat and why it might be racist. And that like blew my mind. Yeah, that was fucking crazy. And I guess you guys can decide like if any of you have any opinions about that. Get back to us. And listening to Tara talk about Bigfoot is a pleasure. It's it's a pleasure. It's not the normal type of Bigfoot. It's a very particular offshoot of Bigfoot theory, which I feel like is very witchy. Yes. It's a pleasure. And it's been a pleasure because this has been Witch Yes. Welcome. Welcome to Witch Yes, a podcast for casual conjurings and witches in training and going to bed. We are your hosts. That's Alicia Herder. And that's Tara Keck. On today's episode, (laughs) the houses of astrology, witches in the news, and 
an aromatic glamour for a bitch on the go. I like when you whispered bitch. Bitch for a bitch. Okay, cut that together and put that at the end as a blooper because it's fucking hilarious. Okay.